Good evening, I'm Michael Plater, and I'd like you to join me and the legendary Dr. Gonzo on a musical exploration here on, and this one's introduced by, on Community Radio 3CR. Dr. Gonzo, and this one's introduced by is a 60-minute program where we listen to tracks from an album introduced by the artist who made the album. Thanks for listening, and this one's introduced by soft-speaking, enigmatic Melbourne troubadour Michael Plater, now based in the UK, has described himself as an experimental folk, psych, indie and noir musician. He's released some 30 albums on such UK labels as Reverb Worship, Hippostatic Union and Dub Chthonic. His latest album, Ghost Music, out now on Essex esoteric label Hippostatic Union, is inspired by Australia's dark history and the myths, folklore and legends of his adopted home in Cornwall. The album is a collaboration with UK musicians John Hannon, from Liberes and Woe, and Stafford Glover of Enclosed and Silent Order plus Extreme Noise Terror. Michael Plater joins Dr Gonzo to present his album Ghost Music on, and this one's introduced by, on Community Radio 3CR. So good evening to you all. My name is Michael Plater and I'm here tonight to discuss my latest album with you, uh, which is called Ghost Music. And I'd just like to thank Paul for inviting me on the show. It's a real treat to be able to sit here and discuss the album with you all. Um, So I'm from Melbourne, um, and I relocated to the UK uh, in 2019, and I recorded the album Ghost Music in the UK. And the album came about, or the songs uh, started being created, um probably around 2015, and were very much inspired by my travels in Europe and in the UK. At the time, I was doing a history PhD where I was uh, looking at the Whitechapel murders of 1888, and my supervisors had very kindly given me... uh, some money to actually go to the UK and research the topic and having only been in to the UK when I was a child uh, I really fell in love with the place kind of surprisingly I didn't know what to expect probably just blokes in shell suits uh, and there is that but uh, I, I fell deeply in love with the landscape and the history and the folklore and the mythology and started writing songs that were inspired by uh, this location and, and this sense of this sense of otherness, I guess I would call it. Um, I wanted to create something earthy that that it sounded like it had been kind of dug out of the earth that didn't sound like it was produced in a, in a recording studio. I'd been listening to a lot of English folk music from the late 60s, early 70s, the kind of psychedelic folk stuff, and I wanted something that had a similar earthiness about it. And I hooked up with a couple of British musicians. Um, I met this band, the Doombird of Providence, who were fronted by a guy called Mark Kluzak, uh, who was an Australian expat, and that was kind of my entry point into um, a kind of experimental slash folk slash avant-garde British underground music scene and through Mark I met a guy called Stafford Glover who at the time was the bass player in that band and we started working together and, and you know became friends and he introduced me to a guy called John Hannon who was a really well-regarded uh, producer, engineer, musician 
who lived out in rural Essex and he ran a studio called No Recording Studio. And it was basically in farmland, so it was kind of the perfect location for me to record. So me, John and Stafford started recording this album and we all got on really well. Um, so we were recording this album and then, of course, uh, COVID hit and that kind of complicated our plans. So it became very much of finding these little pockets of opportunity when lockdowns weren't happening and I would go out to Essex and we'd record a couple more songs and then another lockdown would happen. And so it, it kind of... Uh, it was very much a kind of stop-start process, but whenever we got there, it was always a really creative, fun time, and we would always record the, um, quite a bit of stuff, and the songs came very quickly. I mean, Stafford and John were amazingly intuitive musicians who could just pick up any instrument and play it, and this was perfect for me because that they would just, you know, colour in these songs perfectly so that the, the, the lyrics were very much... Uh, fleshed out by these kind of beautiful arrangements that the two of them would come up with. And this went on for a while, and then we basically had the album in an almost finished state when, uh, tragically, John passed away completely unexpectedly. And this was devastating for, for me and Stafford, obviously, and for a long time... I didn't know what would happen with the album or whether it would even be released or whether it should be released. And uh, finally, after a long time, I decided that I would put the album out and, and that I wouldn't touch it, really, that it, it would kind of come out in its unfinished state as a kind of tribute to John. I, I couldn't really bear the thought of someone else coming along and messing with what he'd already done. So I had the songs and I approached uh, a mastering engineer who I knew John uh, knew and respected called Michael Lawrence. And Michael Lawrence ran his own vinyl pressing uh, plant called Bladdered Flies. And so he agreed to master the album and he did a beautiful job of cutting ironing out what was in some ways an unfinished uh, raw album and turning it into, a, uh, you know, a, a complete work. And so, you know, huge credit to Michael for that. So the album finally came out in February this year on Hypostatic Union, which is uh, Essex esoteric underground experimental label that Stafford himself runs. Uh, that he started up about, I don't know, three or four years ago. Um, and alongside this nucleus of John Stafford and myself, uh, there's a few other kind of key contributors to the album. My partner, Fornia, played auto harp on one song and uh, another friend of mine, Tony Millman, played piano on a song. Tony and I had previously played together in another project called Cornish Wreckers. Um, and alongside those musicians, uh, uh, there was one song, Katie King, that hadn't been finished at the time, and um, that was finished off by another English friend of mine, um, Mark Beasley, who's uh, another really well-respected figure in the British underground. He plays under the name Rothko. And another friend of mine, Julian Wright, also helped me finish off that song. So finally it came out and it was really well received. I mean, the reviews it got were kind of astoundingly positive, which was a relief to me, but it was also a kind of indication uh, of the work we'd done together and also, I think, a fitting tribute to the brilliance of John Hannon. Track one, Gathering Thevers. Uh, with this track, I had been reading quite a bit about the early convict history of Norfolk Island, and I was inspired to write the song on this topic. And um, it very much deals with the English uh, exploitation and colonisation of the area, and how this early convict settlement soon degenerated into um, violence and madness. 
track two this waking dream uh this waking dream is is in many ways i guess it's a love song um but it's it's a love song that's kind of set within a very folkloric version of the uk it's very much about me and my partners initial experiences of of discovering the uk and kind of falling in love with the the beauty and sense of history uh, there, particularly in places like Cornwall and um, East Anglia, this rich um, folkloric history that, that you can almost sense, or you can sense, it's very much in the atmosphere. Um, and this, the song kind of references that. Uh, there's a line about walking on buried kings and... I guess I was thinking of, you know, the story of King Arthur for one, which is very much associated with Cornwall for fairly dubious reasons. Um, Merlin as well, it's very much associated with like Tintagel, uh, which is one of the, the many supposed birthplaces of King Arthur. Uh, I, and with that that line about the Berry Kings, I think I was also referencing, I'd been reading a lot of, uh, the 19th century uh, ghostwriter M.R. James. I've been reading a lot of his short stories, and there's that short story, A Warning to the Curious, which is about how there's various Anglo-Saxon uh, crowns buried throughout East Anglia that supposedly protect the realm from invasion and from harm. So it's 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 a love song, but it's it's steeped in the mystery and the magic of of the UK. Yeah. 
Okay, track three, The Alchemist. Uh, the Alchemist was a song that I wrote on tour in 2016, it would have been, and I was touring Europe at the time, and um, I was on the way to Budapest, and I, me and my partner Fornia stopped over in, in Prague, and of course Prague has a rich uh, kind of occult history, and there we visited and uh, it was like a a dungeon uh, <laughs> uh devoted to to uh, alchemical tracks and i was kind of fascinated by that and i remember later on uh, i think i was in a hotel in in london and i wrote that song as a as a kind of uh, evocation or or a kind of spell almost um around this theme of alchemy and it's a song that i've recorded a few times now it was originally recorded as part of this short-lived project called ghost ships and uh and then re-recorded for the album and um there's a video out there as well of of me uh, prancing about with a straw mask on it's on youtube if anyone's interested that's it the alchemist thank you
track four, Katie King. Katie King was really my attempt at writing a kind of Victorian parlour ballad. And in terms of the lyrics, it came about when I was working on the Ghost Ships project that I mentioned uh, previously. Uh, I'd been co-writing with a guy called Mark Kluzak, who's a number of Australian expat who lives over here in London. Uh, and he's a Melbourne boy like me. Anyway, um, we were kind of talking about what to write, and he kind of dared me to write, uh, or challenged me to write a, a song about a Victorian medium uh, at a seance. So I kind of did a bit of research on the subject and found the story of Florence Cook, who was a 19th century spiritualist medium who, uh, at her seances, uh, this female figure called Katie King would materialise, who bore a marked resemblance to Florence herself. So in that way, it's kind of an affectionate but slightly sceptical look at that whole uh, spiritualist uh, phenomenon, uh, something that I've always kind of been fascinated with, and I'm not sure why, it's, it's, it's something that's in my DNA, I guess. Hi, I'm Parvin, and you're listening to And This One's Introduced By, where the artists introduce tracks from their album here on 3CR.
Track five, Your Family Goes. Um, this track was another song that's very much inspired by uh, my initial travels in Europe and the the sense of, I, I guess, uh, ancestral kinship I felt going over there. Um, my family's genealogy is very much European. It's, it's English, it's Italian, it's Greek. Uh, there's even some German and French in there. So going over there, I felt this immediate sense of familiarity and this sense of connection. And that's kind of what the song's about. In terms of uh, the recording, it was the last song we recorded with John. And John's contribution to this is really beautiful. He plays the clarinet line uh, that runs through the song. And it sounds, it kind of sounds like this mournful uh, feedback, I guess. And that, that was kind of John's, you know, final gift to me in a way. St. John's Eve. Uh, I, I wrote the lyrics to St. John's Eve when I first moved to Cornwall in 2019 around a piece of music that uh, Stafford had written on an old auto harp. And the song, it was the first song we recorded for the album, and the lyrics draw very much upon British folklore and mythology and pagan imagery. Uh, references things like yew trees, which symbolise the underworld and death and resurrection in British folklore, ley lines and their Australian equivalent dream roads, midsummer, uh, the feast of St John's Eve coincides with midsummer and the June solstice, uh, references fairy stories, will of the wisps, all of this uh, very English folklore. Uh, I guess the song I was trying to map out, I uh, kind of 
psychogeographic or mystical landscape of Britain and describe all these things that, that fascinated me. Uh, and in terms of recording the song, um, I had the pleasure of playing Kevin Shields uh, of My Bloody Valentine's fame, his, his old Fender amp, which was lying about in the studio for some reason. Uh, and he'd obviously done all kinds of modifications to this amp because the sound of the thing was just monstrous. It was huge. And you can hear that in the song where there's these massive crescendos of noise. Between us, 
Track 7, The Lost Keepers. Uh, the Lost Keepers is a track inspired by the uh, infamous true story of the disappearance of the lighthouse keepers of Eileen Moore in 1900. Eileen Moore is a tiny little island uh, in the Outer Hebrides, and the three Scottish lighthouse keepers who were stationed there disappeared completely without trace. Um, when search parties went to look for them, not only did they find the island deserted, but uh, 
Apparently, the final logbook entry that one of the lighthouse keepers had made uh, read, Storm ended, sea calm, God is over all. And I was always fascinated by this case, and in particular fascinated by that phrase, God is over all, which uh, is, is open to interpretation, of course. It, you know, it could be read in quite a reassuring way, or it could be read as something quite sinister. Um, with the track, I was, I was trying to cram in as much of the folklore and mythology that surrounds the case as, as possible. And uh, once again, Stafford wrote the basic music for this, and, and then I you know, worked on a vocal that kind of fit around what he had already done.
track out, track out Burning Windmills. Burning Windmills is the final song on the album, and it's very much a summation of the themes of the album. It's a, it's a kind of way of saying goodbye to that whole period. In terms of the music, uh, it came about kind of randomly in a way. My girlfriend had just started learning the auto harp, and I just happened to record um, her playing a few chords on my iPhone as a kind of field recording, and then I took that and messed around with it. I reversed the track and added a load of echo and slowed the whole thing down until what I was left with was uh, something that sounded like the sound of slowly lapping waves. And then I gave this track to a friend of mine, Tony, who added some beautiful piano over the top, and this became the bedrock for the track. And then I worked out how to add a vocal to this, and so I went into the studio with John and Stafford and did the vocal, and then John added that very beautiful violin uh, over the track, and we talked about how his reference point for that was John Cale's playing on some of those early Nico solo albums where Cale almost sounds like he's playing against the track rather than with it. And I think John was looking for something similar to create this sense of tension. And then Stafford added the bass fed through a tremolo pedal. So what we were left with was this very kind of atmospheric track that just came about in a completely random way. No one sat down to write a song. It was just adding things here and there. And maybe for those reasons, it's probably my favorite track on the album.
So there you have it. That's the album. Uh, thanks to everyone who's listened in. And again, a uh, big thanks to Paul for giving me the opportunity to do this. Uh, obviously, I'm over in the UK, so I, we couldn't do it face to face. So I've been recording these segments uh, as I'm traveling around the UK. So I've been recording it in various locations, uh, a rooming house in Clacton by the Essex Seaside and in Ipswich in a cheap hotel opposite a graveyard and at my sister's place in Bristol and my aunt's place in London. So, and that kind of seems appropriate for the themes of the album. Um, the album's out now on Hypostatic Union in the UK uh, on vinyl and I've also just put out an Australian edition of the album where I'm working with a new Australian label called NWN, uh, New Wave Noir, and that's out on CD now, so you can get both editions of the album via my Bandcamp page. And I'll be back in Australia in August, so I'm looking forward to that, um, potentially for good. So maybe my, you know, uh, wandering days are over for the time being. Um, I'm looking forward to touring Australia and catching up with friends and also working on some projects with uh, various Australian uh, collaborators of mine, including my old friend Dean Richards from uh, Equal Local and um, Worldly World. Uh, he, and he's got his own project, Stab Dev, and we do a lot of things together when I go down to his place in Guildford. Um, hopefully we're going to do some shows together in Castle, Maine and Ballarat uh, around October. So, um, yes, hopefully I'll be able to announce that soon. And, okay, that's it. Thanks thanks for listening. Thanks to Paul. I hope you've got something out of the broadcast. Uh, my name is Michael Plater. The album's called Ghost Music. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to an episode of And This One's Introduced By. I'm Dr. Gonzo and I'll be presenting another artist with another album next time on This One's Introduced By. Catch you next time. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. Please support Community Radio 3CR. Get involved and find out more on the website at 3cr.org.au.